Hello and welcome to another episode of the RSL Random Fan Podcast. Episode 34, week 32 of the MLS season. Uh, I think we're recording this a little later, a day later than usual. Probably because everyone needed to take a deep breath <laughs> and get a... <laughs> Add some perspective to our thoughts before we just rush into talking about this game. Uh, Cincinnati, I think. Oh, getting getting, getting old. old. Getting old. But Cincinnati came into town, and we had a wonderful game. But I'm your host, Brant Goble, joined by Brennan and, and Tyler. Yeah, so FC Cincinnati came in. <sighs> They're a similar position, a little bit higher on the table in the East than uh, RSLs in the West, but very similar positions. So you yeah, would think similar that... Similar point totals. Similar point totals, similar positions. And uh, one team came in with a little bit of intensity, and another team... Am I reading? If I'm reading this wrong, this is how it felt in the game. It felt like the other team, speaking of Real Salt Lake, did not have a ton of intensity. Did, is that how it felt, you guys? Yeah, the first thing I noticed... Had nothing to do with intensity. It was those horrible, horrible orange on orange on orange jerseys. <laughs> the uniform kits are horrible. It's orange on orange on orange, orange shorts, orange socks. It's just bad. And especially against our Claret and Cobalt, it looks like looks, nasty. It was it's a, just a nasty matchup color-wise. And a front to our eyes. And, and yeah. it, it played out that way in the game. And like, we look good at first, you know, like the Claret and Cobalt. And the orange, just no, uh-uh. Made Columbus Crew look good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the I yellow. Oh, yellow imagine when they yellow. play each other, the yellow and the orange. That has just got <laughs> to be. People well, are adjusting their sets. <laughs> to be fair, this is their light kit, right? Their, their away. dark kit is dark blue. and I don't mind that one as much. But the only downside of that is um, people that are colorblind can't really tell the difference because the intensity of the hues there's a whole science to it but if you're colorblind this doesn't look as bad <laughs> but if you see color it looks like garbage anyway we only play them twice you know once because they're in the eastern conference so we and don't play them that, as often yeah once once every year or two yeah so let's get to the lineup anybody want to do that i'll do it all right so, in the back line, we had Herrera, Glad, Silva, and Brody. And then in the midfield, we had Chang, Loffelson, Luna, and Ruiz. And then up top, we had Cordoba and Sav- Savoring again. Oh, Savoring. Autocorrect. Autocorrect. Um, and then on the bench, we had our Lord and Savior, Justin Miram. Oh, uh, best mustache on the team, Beasler. Um, was really good last year, Rubio Rabin. Uh, this guy named Gomez. Um, this, uh, what is that? Captain America before he got transformed, Caldwell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Moose Masovsky, our other uh, savior, Oviedo. This okay, guy's built, Julio. And this guy's way too good for our team, Ojeda. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Weird formation. I didn't like it to, um, in this game. So well, I thought when I texted you guys, because it looked like they were coming out in like a 4-3-3 or 4-3-2-1. No. But it didn't seem like it. Uh, you didn't seem like it played. Brennan didn't seem like it played. No, because it, it, MLS soccer showed 4-4-2. Um, <clears throat> but then watching the game, we just have, we switched to three in the back. Brody shifted up, and then that allowed um, Cordova and Salvarino to play a little bit higher with Luna assisting. 
because um, Luna was mainly a midfield, but he was pressing a little bit higher. You could see when we were watching some of the replays with Chang doing what Chang does best, um, you could see that Cordova and Salvarino were high and Luna was assisting. So um, that it just seems like we're always going to revert back to our old, um, old and not so faithful three five two. Um, but at least we didn't have the same exact starting lineup as the team that kept losing. I, uh, right? There, so there we're is trying some growth new. This is growth. We're, yeah. we're putting the young guy in. Luna has earned his spot. I, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? <clears throat> that, that was I'm my so first question. A, I'm Did not really so much it's earned. I think it's we need that. You know what I mean? It's not like we he earned it. It's just we need him to be. <laughs> we need that. him so bad it doesn't matter if he earned it. Yeah, and Denny was talking on, when I was watching the game, Denny was talking about how Luna is probably the closest we've had to uh, Javier Morales. And, like, nobody else has that natural talent to do what he does, to be that six. I mean, Caldwell's a true six, so we can always call on him like we did in the game. But Whoops. Um but yeah, I mean, I liked what I saw for the most part. Um, I I liked it. I just with the way most teams are playing us, when we go to three in the back, we are being very vulnerable to deep deep through balls or you know crosses. It just seems like we're we did so well back on the back end when we had all four, and then moving up, moving forward. But that's just me. I'm still praying for a four three three. Well, the four three three with the diamond midfield. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. You want for. the diamond back, huh? Yes. The good old days of Javi and Kyle. Well, I just I feel that would benefit us because you know we put Luna in that that little um, back center and then um, Cordova and Salvarino or Julio is up in there. Um, and then we have a center defensive mid, and then we have two uh, wingers that it can play forward or back. You know, we got Loffelson, that's a tank. And then uh, we can also put in Ruiz. Well, not Ruiz. Ruiz would play up at the center. So maybe more like a 4-2-1-3. Um, no, I don't, I don't like. I don't Where like you that. have two, um, oh. two defensive mids. Kind of protecting the back line that your wings get would, up forward a little would, bit. It would actually be more like a four-one-two-one-two. Because two, one, two. you you would have your two guys playing um, much higher, but then you'd also have backup from the wings and stuff. Yeah, you want you want a uh, dedicated like a central mid, somebody that doesn't go forward too much but stays in front of the back line. Yeah, because I want I want um, Ruiz piggyback and Luna because I think that'd be a really great setup overall. Yeah, yeah, for me, I. The, I think the lineup's fine. I think the, the, you know, who's out there is sufficient enough to win us some games. But because we can't finish or get off good shots or however you want to say that, put our team in dangerous position to score goals, that's the Achilles heel. And it has been for the last, I don't know, 18 games. Did you say, Brant? Something like that. It's been a, it's it's been a been couple a while. months. At least since, it, almost since Wood went out, right? It yeah. seems like the offense is stagnated. Saverino came in, had a nice impact in the first little bit. But uh, something that uh, other teams seem to do really well that RSL can't seem to figure out is, I guess after the games, the other teams go and watch some film. Oh, yeah? And then, is that what and they, they Yeah, and they, try and fig- they figure out, they look at RSL and they say, hey, you know what? If you just put a little bit of pressure 
here on, and here, here and here, and yeah. not on Brody because Brody can handle it. Yeah, if you just put a little, <laughs> little pressure, because uh, um, one thing Cincinnati was doing, I pointed out to my wife because she's becoming quite the uh, enthusiast. Yes, yes, she was. I can't remember what she said. Something it'll come to me, but I was like, whoa. She said every every game she says something to me. I was like, I like going to games with you. So, but. They put a little pressure. It's been the same theme, right? They put two or three people on the ball, the other team to defense. Immediately, as someone touches the ball, there's two or at least two defenders putting a little pressure on our on the RSL players, and then they have like no idea what to do. It feels like. Well, when you think about it, so like if you had a coach that said, "Okay, we're going to do basics," right? So like you know how Real Salt Lake used to always do that triangle pass. You know what I mean? So there's work three, Javi, Kyle Beckerman did all that. They they would pass all three of them back and forth until the pressure came off and then they'd play the ball, right? So like right now, it feels like RSL doesn't have that back to basics. When we get a lot of pressure, we know what to do. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It seems like we're like, oh crap, who should I go to? Or, you know, what's the play? Like there's no, there's no concrete... This is where we should be doing. You, you agree with that, Tyler? Or yeah, it's kind of like this. Uh, it, it's like, you know, when you're playing on a really good team and you know each other really well, Brennan's right. Like, you know where your guy's going to be, and so you just glance and you can yeah. play quicker. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know where your guys are going to be, you have to look up and make sure it's them, especially if they're wearing a slightly different shade of red than you. Orange. Yeah, and we have a lot of like it's. I don't know. People, to a lot me of people don't know this, but half the team, half the players on RSL are colorblind. So this other game, jeez, <laughs> oh, this this game was incredibly made difficult up for stats them. by Brent. <laughs> yes, made up stats. New segment. But it was it was really frustrating. I was pointing. I was talking to my wife. This was the first game all season where it felt like I was watching. A team from last year. Ooh, there was no idea. Take it back. No, take it back. How dare you? (laughs) I was going to go back and count, but it seemed like four or five times in the first half, RSL is really good at passing back and forth along the back line, right? Mm -hmm. And there were four or five times where the player Silva, um, Herrera, Glad, where they raised their arms up because no one is moving. They can't find a pass because their midfielders. Are just standing yeah it could be and it was really frustrating it's like so you know i was helping them out raising my arms like well come on yeah well yeah I'm, so, o- I'm open over here well one thing i noticed so like ruiz is very confident right uh-huh. so he's not one to move quick to open space because he's like just give me the ball i'll take it you know what i mean like he's got that he's got that you know super confidence over the ball kick it to me anywhere i'm good yeah and then but the main thing is just like chang Oh, Chang. Oh, boy. Yeah, oh, we, we kind of went back and tracked a couple of his runs, didn't we? Yes, we did. And how did that come out, Brennan? Um, as good of a quality as we can get from Chang. <laughs> but that, it seemed late, right? I mean, uh, no. So, my thing was, is when I would, when we would lose the ball in the upper third and we would track back, I was just noticing how low Chang plays. He did not press up, he played maybe five, 10 yards past the center line. And he was just in, like, he was just filling space. He wasn't man marking. I don't know if that was the plan, but he was not, like, they, they had so much room on his side before anybody could get up there. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, 
we looked at film, I guess, and we were just like, they love the right side. They're going to go up their right side. So, Chang, you can just hang back, do your thing, you know, and make late runs that nobody can see. And uh, Sava can. Sava, yeah. Sava saw one. Off that uh, throw-in? Yeah. Were you guys there for that one? Did you guys see that play? The goal? Yeah, yeah, that one. That, that one. Yeah, yeah, let's just talk about Let's go to the positive side. Let's go watch. Yeah, let's... I have to admit, I'm getting to be a little cynical. I'm trying to be positive. Yeah. But... Oh, get out of there, Brennan. Get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> well, well on you place. know, on, on the positive side, Dunny did say, after Chang scored, rises up like a salmon. <laughs> And Chang did Chang hit it with his head, and he did what you want a header guy to do. Head, head it down, down. goal line, yeah. Yeah, and so the keeper was quick and almost got to it, and I think he touched it, but still went in. Yeah. My first thought was, oh my gosh, Chang's out of position. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's on the throw-in. It was a great play. They caught him sleeping. Loffelson with a quick throw-in uh, to Sava, who was on the line, down on the on the line. No, he was... And the end line. There's no uh, there's no offsides. On I know throwing. it's not. I didn't, I, well, this is for the people that don't know. Oh, yeah, that's right. Remember, because we're a pod... We try to podcast be that. Because we are the podcast for real level of knowledge and level. soccer experience. Every so level. During a throw-in, there is no offsides. So that's why Savarino was able to park his bus on the... That's why he kind of hid out of bounds, and the defenders didn't get him. And that's why after the play, the the center defender Mialska was like Super yelling at him. Super pissed. Yeah, he's like, "Why did you not cover him?" Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was great because we caught him napping, which was good. It was about the only time during the game they might have been napping. Yeah, they were. They woke and, up after and that. And Chang sure attacked that header well. And let's. I think it's interesting because Chang is our uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth most minutes on the team this year and that's good for two goals <laughs> in an attacking position and four assists to be fair he's uh, second on the team in assists um and if we got just a sec I'm, i would kind of like to go down our list of goal scorers cordoba has eight and he earned the pk so should have been nine but whatever uh, Severino has six. We're just going to touch over that. <laughs> we'll come back to that. We'll come back to it. Uh, Severino has six with almost half as many minutes played. Uh, Miram has three, but six assists as well. Glad has three. Bobby Wood has three. Anderson Julio has three. So if we add those up, it's the same number of goals that the two strikers have from Cincinnati. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> Brenner and Vasquez. Yep, just those two combined. They have only have 29 goals between them. Yeah, ridiculous, right? It, no, they have more than that. Yeah, I don't know. It's a lot. It's 16. They have 16 goals. I think Vasquez has 16 goals and Brenner has 13 goals, something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, and our top, you know, it drops off dramatically with the 8, 6, and 3. So then I thought, well, hold on, hold on. Why don't we go look and see? Like how we rank in the you know supporter shield. So, who who do you think scored the most goals this year in MLS? Uh, Philadelphia. No, uh, the dude from uh, players or teams. Teams. Oh, LAFC. Philadelphia. LAFC and Philadelphia are top two. Uh, Philadelphia has sixty eight. LAFC has sixty four. Austin has sixty four. 
And mm. I think uh, it's still true. Doesn't Philadelphia, their goal differential is greater than the goal scored by Real Salt Lake? Yeah, their goal differential is 46. <laughs> They've had a ridiculous year. And they still might lose the supporter shield. What? Yeah, because LAFC has more wins on the year, and that's the first tiebreaker. They have 20 wow. wins, and Philly only has 18. However, their goal differential is 46, and uh, LAFC's is 28, which both are ridiculous, but 46? Are you, are you kidding me? 46. Anyway, our goal differential is? Negative one. <laughs> it's like a bad math problem, right? <laughs> uh, negative four. And uh, so 39 goals for us for the year is good for? 20-something. Yeah. D.C., San Jose, Houston have few. Wait, not Houston. The, the thing on MLS uh, keeps resetting on us. So teams that are worse than us, D.C., Chicago, Charlotte. Are they worse than us? Vancouver on goals four. Oh, okay. And Vancouver and Charlotte have 38 goals, so they're one behind us. Chicago, 35, and D.C., 34. Um, and if you notice that those teams, uh, we haven't beaten any of them. Yeah, we're not we're not heavy in goals this season. We're also not good at beating the bottom part of the league. <laughs> it's like we have to have a really good team in front of us and be playing the underdog role, and then we'll bring it. Mm-hmm. And that's well, that, frustrating. It's that, so frustrating as a fan. That used to be right? the case, but I, I wonder if that's all worn off. I think I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about a lot of things about this game. But watching the game in the stadium, literally there was zero intensity. From when the we, fans? Yeah. The whole game, it felt like there was, you know, the game's out, you're excited, the game starts. and But unlike previous home games, like the LAFC game, that almost felt like a playoff game in the stadium yeah people were ready to go this one i think with how they're rocketing down the the standings uh real salt lake people are just starting to it's really they should be more intense lose faith but people were not into this game they were very um so you're saying they don't believe yeah i think it's starting to fade now that that was what i was thinking about is early on we picked up some some points maybe we shouldn't have, but it was all from effort. But you can only give that kind of rah-rah effort for so long, right? No. Uh, you can here's give my it point. all the time. False. <laughs> False. <You> can, <laughs> but if the results start stop coming, right, and your coach doesn't seem to have an idea how to help the team break out of a slump that they've had. They've only won three or four games since June. Mm-hmm. Then do you, you continue to believe in your coach and say, hey, you know what? He's got the answer for us when he hasn't had the answer game after game after game. Makes it that much harder. Why am I, why am I uh, putting in all this effort for the same result? Oh, I see where you're going. So yeah. I think mentally, and I don't think it's intentional. No. But I do think that that's where this team is, is that, yes, we want to play hard. Yes, moments change games and goals change games. But also, tactics change games. And if you have a coach that may still be learning some tactics, which seems to be the case with Pablo. Yeah, go watch the Austin game, right? Sub 
change oh. games, right? Oh, man. Chite. We have nightmares about him now. Yeah. Great. I would be frustrated. Like, why am I giving 110% when we're, the result is just going to be the same? So I think there's a little bit of that. They're starting to... I don't know. That's what it kind of felt like. To well, me. Yeah, I feel like I feel like um, you know, with all those um, post game interviews and stuff, like Justin Miram's been interviewed quite a, uh, a couple of times after losses, and like at the begin, like towards the middle of the season when we lost and he got an interview, you know, he was still kind of positive about it, but then the last two interviews, he was just like, "Yeah, I can't, I can't hide it. Like I'm so annoyed. Yeah, like he's this is so, so frustrated." And I think he's probably the you know, a big voice in the locker room. I think he's like the guys that like, they listen to him, you know, and Silva and all that. So it, it and I, I can see them like, it's probably hard to be motivated at the moment because they don't like, we were always talking about like identity and stuff and it doesn't feel like we have one. Like last season we had no identity and then we still got into the playoffs and then we had a good run and we were the underdog. But when you get a good team, you can't be the underdog anymore. You know what I mean? You're on the only the one underdog for a few games, and then you become, you know, a threat. Yeah, well, to me, the underdog mentality is is about like thinking, and and maybe this is where we are, but thinking we have to try really hard for the full ninety minutes for every second we're out there to be able to get a win. And it probably changed because we got so high up on the table. Right. We started believing in ourselves a little too much. And then we're sometimes then we with belief comes, oh, I don't have to run for that ball. Yeah. Oh, that one's going to go out. I'll just let it roll. Oh, I don't need to get on the end. We'll get another chance another time. And oh, I don't need to put in my best players. I can put in Ching. Whoa! Oh! <laughs> the Shots one fired. guy with, that can score a goal in the game. And to be fair, uh, we haven't scored in a few games, so... One goal in four? Yeah. So, you know, good Ew. job, Chang. Congrats. For real? One goal in four one, games. Yeah, one, again, one, two, Cincinnati. 3-0, Austin. 0-0, D.C. 2-0, L.A. Since that game where we put three on Minnesota and everybody threw bears on the field, we haven't scored multiple goals in a game, so... Wow. And then before that was one, one, and then we had Seattle for two. But, yeah, it's... So that's what I kind of see the team trying to figure out who they are. And they aren't... They don't have the guy right now at the moment moment that seems to be able to figure out how to put the, these guys in more winning situations. Now, that that might not be totally Pablo's fault. These early... The early success, I think, has jaded or kind of changed the thought process that maybe we're looking at this team. We were expecting them to be a little bit better than they were, even though at the start of the season there was a lot of people thinking that this isn't a great team. We were going through the ownership transition. Mm -hmm. We have new owners. Um, this team is still not probably where, obviously where they want it to be. Well, and we talked about this in like our fifth podcast ever. We were like, guys, this is cool, and this is amazing that we started off the season this well, but here's the problem. They're going to bring people in, and they're going to take some of these kids' spots that are doing well, and how's that going to play? Well, because that's another thing, too. they're is... going to bring in quality, and then is that going to make the team as a whole better? 
the 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 argument is why aren't they playing the kids that's another knock on pablo that i see all the time why aren't the kids getting it why did it take so long for luna to get some more playing time playing time where you probably should have gotten more right off the bat right yeah i think it was a little premature to take him off so early after that atlanta game you know what I mean? Like he had a bad 45 minutes and then he took him off and then that made him have to wait three or four games to get another chance. Yeah, which was sad. Yeah. So first half, though, we we get a goal from Chang and then we get a penalty kick. Um, Ruiz doesn't do the best of jobs. Their goalkeeper is like five miles high, so he just has to tilt to the left. Wait, wait, wait. We, got, we, got, we got to talk about our boy earning that penalty kick, though. That was all effort. That was all oh, hustle. Cordova? That was oh, yeah. all Cordova. For all of the things that people have complained about Cordova, he was he he seems to be he seems to be coming around in his head, right? Because yeah. he confidence of all the players on the team in this game, Cordova hustled his butt off all the time. Yeah, right. That was a you're right. That was a hustle play that uh, got us to PK because he wasn't uh, normally. A lot of times you wouldn't even be expecting to press back on that. But because he was putting some pressure on, it was a really weak back pass to the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. And he cut in between, and knocked the ball off the side, and the keeper took him out. Yep. It's a clear penalty. I thought that one was super obvious. Yeah. 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 And then Pablo steps up to the, Pablo steps to the up. line. Yeah. He's thinking, Izquierda? No. Derecha. And he steps up. He goes, Derecha. The problem is his whole body said that oh, yeah. right? Yeah, know. so the problem is is when you step with your, your off foot, goalkeeper generally kind of goes off of that for the most part, depending on what your hips do and then also the location of your foot. And so he kind of opens his right foot out to the right, and then he closes his hips off to the right. And so the only thing that could help him is if he brings his leg a little outside and goes for like, you know, like a heel pass kind of a thing. And, which is really hard to do. Which is yeah, really hard to do. But if you like, he's you can see his foot line up and start to curl. So he's like, he's going left, and so he just has to tilt because he's six feet tall or seven feet tall. Yeah. Now some people are saying that's a bad penalty, and and there's really two aspects of the penalty that I want to address. One is ball placement, and from a ball placement standpoint, it's not bad. Yes, it's it probably it's four terrible. feet inside the post. Okay, so it's what? Terrible. So what is bad? Because if that is right. not let's, bad, let's, no, let's these are professional that. soccer players. Right, professional. Right. If you think that that is not a bad penalty kick, no, then bad. the MLS league itself is garbage. <laughs> because I'm saying placement wise, that penalty goes in a lot. No. No, it's only four feet off the post. That yeah, that goes in a lot when the keeper goes the other way. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So there's two aspects of it. And the other aspect is timing. If you go watch the very best PK takers in the world, and I'm gonna have to give some props to Manchester United. <laughs> because Bruno Fernandez is a killer at penalty kicks, and he's doing it against keepers from all over the world, all of the best keepers in the Premier League, and he, what is he, 95% conversion rate, something ridiculous. And mm-hmm. that's because he takes penalties on his timing, and he changes the timing. 
Because if you just run up, the keeper has a really good chance to know when you're going to kick the ball. If you just run at the ball and kick it. So you're relying, if you do that, on placement. So the problem isn't necessarily the placement. It's the timing plus the placement. If he did a Bruno Fernandez, he would have done a little skip and a jump in the middle and a shuffle of the feet as you're still running up. But that's why people do those other things when you take a penalty kick. So Ruiz has been so direct and quick in taking them. And this keeper did his homework. He knew if we get a penalty kick, Ruiz is likely to take it. He goes quick and he tries to pick a side. So Ruiz is the only one that's taken a PK all year because we only had one. This is only our second PK all year. Now, here's another thing too. So Harry Kane from Tottenham. Very good as well. Do you know he knows where he's going to go? Like before two days game. before the game. <laughs> two, day, two days before the game. And he practices it. He already knows where he's going to go. But then also, he dis- every person that is a great penalty taker disguises where they're going. No matter what. Yeah. They give false reads. They plant their foot a different way every time. They're not doing everything that shows them, hey, I'm going here. Yeah. So and those are the a, different aspects it, of it. Foot right, placement, right. hip placement. But that's placement, what I'm saying about how timing. terrible this penalty kick was if you watch it in like watch it from the goalkeeper's perspective i could guess that like i'm like okay foot hip back of his foot i can see the foot coming at the ball boom he's going to my left right but so he's trying to just beat them on speed yeah but if you are not going to disguise anything you need to put it in top corner or a ball length from the post that is because that is the far reach and i mean it and on an MLS level, I still think that is a terrible PK. The only thing that you can say is, yeah, if he got the goalie going the other way, that's a great PK. But yeah, he could have put it two feet from that guy's foot. And if he went the other way, that would have been a good PK. Right. That's what I'm saying. There's multiple facets of this that make it a bad PK, not just the placement. That's what I'm saying. If, if that's what he, we're saying. That's what we're saying. You're saying it was a good PK. <laughs> no, I'm saying placement-wise, placement-wise, it wasn't bad. If he would have disguised his hips, if he would have planted his foot different, if he would have placement-wise, it would have been run. good. If it wasn't a bad, everything else is bad. <laughs> yeah, bad is kicking it at the goalie when he doesn't move. That's bad. Chicho, yeah, missing the goal, bad. Mm. Okay, those for me are bad penalty kicks, right? Or if it's within the goalie's reach and he doesn't have to do much. That, to me, is a bad penalty kick. A not-so-good one is one that is savable, meaning you do those things, right? And the timing, to me, is the worst one. You, you, have, you are in control of the timing as the kick taker. You need to do something to throw him off. Casey Keller, not Casey Keller, uh, Casey, oh, shoot, what's his name? Casey Kasem, we're talking about the top 40. Connor Casey, that's okay. it. Yeah, bald guy, he used to play for the national team. He, he, he'd take one step back from the goal. So the keeper was like, what? So he, he was one step and PK. He didn't run at it. He took one step and put it in the corner. So And he was very effective at scoring him. And it's because he, that timing was off for the keepers. right? It threw him off. Ruiz did nothing to throw the keeper off on timing. And that's what really threw me. I was like, what? He just Or placement. Oh. Or direction. Or disguise. The placement wasn't horrible. Come on. He, he the hit disguise the keeper in the horrible. elbows. 
which is part of his arm, which he had to dive to get hit in the elbows. He's a tall kid. We can disagree on that. But we, I don't think there's... Do we all disagree that Pablo Reyes had no business, or all agree that Pablo had no business taking the PK in the first place? Well, who, uh, yeah, who else does it? I mean, I mean, I mean well, we think have about one it. Cordova, PK all year. Well, Cordova, Cordova earned it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's something I would take into account. And also, he's one of our higher score like scores yeah he's our big money high scoring yeah. guy right Savarino Sava or Cordova should have taken the PK yeah I don't understand the thought yeah. process I mean we you know this could be a whole different conversation because you know if he would have made the goal we would have been like hey good job nice right but we wouldn't be saying why him why him blah 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 <laughs> that's the right. other thing too that was a game changing opportunity yeah right if RSL puts that in. Whoever it is, whomever it is that takes the PK, it shouldn't have been Ruiz. I would have, I would have given it to Sava. If I was, if I was uh, uh, Pablo on the bench, I'd have been screaming no to Pablo. Well, I think you decide to, that way before the actual kick is taken. No, but after the game, they ask him this, and Pablo's like, "Oh, they decide whoever's in the moment, and there isn't a designated." PK kicker. Oh, did he say that? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's just whoever. he He's the one that wanted to take it. So, what? So, yeah, so there isn't a designated PK taker. Maybe we should have had Glad step up and do it. I want that dance so bad. And then to watch his sister. Oh, Remember yeah. in the playoffs yeah. last year? She oh, scored the game-winning goal like, against Seattle. What? And his sister was like, watch his Justin, sister. Justin, Justin, Justin! Ah! Well, yeah, that one squeaked in. That was great. Post. But with yeah. the importance of this game, to not have one of your two best goal scorers taking that PK yeah. is just totally unacceptable to me. If it's, you know, July... And it's the fourth PK we've had this season. And, yeah, you know, and, and they worked on it. And Pablo, in practices, Ruiz has proven that he's the best PK taker. Fine. But not three games left in the season. And you've just given up a ridiculously stupid goal. And this is an opportunity to go in, change the whole mentality of the team, go in at halftime up to one because you're the guy that you brought in has – put in some effort and earn that PK and then you let this guy come up and take uh, Okay, I think we've beaten a dead yeah. horse though. So, <laughs> sorry. Cordova could have done it. Cordova right? could have done it. Sava could have done talk, it. We didn't talk about uh their goal. Their goal which was uh, which goes back to the lack of intensity. It's just one whiff after another. Chang had an opportunity to stop that right from the beginning. Um but he The lackadaisy challenge. Lackadaisical challenge that ends up it going really into was. the box and you were pointing out Luna let his guy go, which made it look like Ruiz missed him. Yeah, because Ruiz was pressing up the field on that play, and so when the ball got quickly taken down the lane where Ching was supposed to be, right past him, uh, then the ball came across. Long ball across Long ball across, and we're not guarding one of their two guys well, that Brody, scores goals Br all the time? Well, it looked like it was going to go to Brenner in the center of the box, but and so that's why Brody sucked in. And so when it went over that guy, Brody do, didn't mark that guy behind him, so now right. he has a free Brody take on the ball. Brody has to go to ball. Yeah. yeah, and then so he goes up to where Luna is covering the guy on the outside, not the guy on the inside of the box. Yeah, where, he, he went with Acosta instead of with Brenner. 
Yeah. And he should have slit. You always get the guy who's closest to goal because he's and, the biggest threat, and right? That, that was hard, too, because Glad was like backside shoulder to that guy coming towards the ball, but there's enough space for him to do something with the ball, which is the downside. So Luna, that I mean, it's one of those areas where it's like pick your poison because it's like if Luna t- yeah, comes one in of tight, the three. he's going to feed it to the guy on the top of the box. He's going to have an open shot. You know what I mean? Like there's, It was just bad defending from the get-go. Like Chang started it. Brody should, um, was trying to do the right thing, but it was the wrong decision. Left a guy open. Luna was picking 50-50. Glad tried to save it. And then McMath had a poor save, oh my from, my, from my opinion. I, think I agree. It was a bad save. He got his hand to it and he just his, like, redirected it in. And it went underneath him and through. It was, oh, it was, it was, it was a... It was a pretty bad save because he he was it was there it was on it was the savable for sure yeah and I think because the goalies you know when they get a ground ball they take their feet out from under them so they can get sideways to get bigger and they Quicker, try to yeah. they try to get as low to the ground as possible so they can stop it in case they don't catch it with their hands but he was a little slow to get off his feet and it went right underneath his in between his hip and his elbow yeah yeah very sad that he couldn't get down quick enough or sometimes those are foot saves you got to get your foot to it instead of your hand yeah he kind of looked like he was in between yeah and like he he's gonna stick like, his foot out anyway yeah yeah and, I think and then it went in and i was like oh boy see, that's just an ugly goal and like like i've said before i can take a beautiful goal scored against us you crank that into the upper 90 fine you deserve all it clap. Yeah. yeah but that where no, it, ah, that it was, was like it was oh, ugly crap, man one. it was so ugly another self-inflicted well i think of that too it's like that that wouldn't happen if if our back line had more confidence you know what i'm saying like brody wouldn't have sucked in if if he was like no glad's got this like yeah no, there's no problem whatsoever yep. and it was kind of like hey Trust I, should, the guys I, behind should, you. I should help him rather than like oh no he's got this um and then i don't know if he didn't never paid attention to the guy behind him or something like that so it was just one of those they they found another weakness in- or or if your midfield played a little more defense right this is one thing that i was noticing during this game that was making me just pissing me off <laughs> it seemed like it go for it brat it would take 15 passes for rsl to try and figure out a way to get into the final third and to, and then you know send in across to nobody. There was a there was a sequence where I think Lawfulson and Chang sent in like three crosses in a row to nobody except for Cincinnati in the first half. Yeah, it was like okay, I got the ball, I got to make a cross. What? Where's that mentality? And then and then you look up and nobody's in the box. Cordova's so got like four guys around him, and there's yeah, no <laughs> yeah, like you're not gonna hit Cordova in the head with that. Let's rotate it around and try to go attack it a different. And way. then so 15 passes, final third, turn the ball over, boom, three passes. We're defending in our final third. It was just so frustrating. They were just cutting through us, and it happens game after game after game where our midfield. Or whatever it is we're trying to do to play defense in the midfield just isn't working. Well, I thought we did well. And and I know that some people might go, what? We lost two to one. Well, there's glimpses. There was glimpses of some quality. We kind of dominated the game. We dominated possession. We were almost at 59%. We had 18 shots. They had eight. We had eight shots on goal. They had three. Like, we dominated the game in shots, in total shots, and block shots, and total passes well so one thing too is with the whole possession thing you know when when i was watching it it felt like it had that little circle where it's like buffering 
because <laughs> when we were passing we were just like we're loading we're loading we're loading, loading. We're loading. Yeah. what are we gonna do with this what are we gonna do with this but you were right yeah we were we were in command and i think that penalty being missed was a huge sting that was that was the game changer for sure because going into the locker room 2-1 is a way better feeling and better tactic wise because i mean we would have probably done you know five in the back you know two in the midfield and then two up top i'm just kidding and i don't (laughs) i don't really think people the other teams care if we have the ball we have no idea what to do with it. So, yeah, let RSL have the ball. Hey, positive. All positive. Right. Positive. Let's, let's go into halftime. 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 Should we do a little whistle? Oh, that was that's, great. That's terrible. Yeah. Uh, super great. Got to work on your whistle um, game, bro. So, I'm going to give my orange slice um, to Luna. I was impressed with him on the ball. I liked the way he was moving. Um, I mean defensively i think there's some things to work out but i mean when we hopefully look at the film i mean that's going to be addressed but i think i think luna is very very hopeful and i think he's grown a lot since that atlanta game so that's what i would do me i'm gonna give my orange slice to chang for uh, being out of position (laughs) and uh, getting the goal and then i'm gonna take it right back for um, uh, you can't give and take orange slices. I call it penalty. <laughs> penalty. <laughs> I can't do that. Uh, I don't know. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, it's a tough it's game podcast. for me. It, it, this is the most frustrated I've ever been this season. Really? Watching watching this team because they have no idea. I mean, I could throw them out there with no idea. So anyway, that was my. Yeah, I was I was going with Silva on this one. I think, I think he did well. He I think he game. kept the, the game in front of him. He didn't have that crazy lose-your-head moment. He, I thought, did really well against the bigness of the DPs on the other team. Um, the goal came from the other side. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to blame him. Um, but, again. So, also, like, Gauld right here. Gauld. Um he got beat up quite a bit. Gold plays for Vancouver. Oh, he does? Yeah. Glad. Oh, it's Glad. Oh, sorry. Oh, go, go sorry. Glad. I was like, is it Gold or Savoring? I don't know. But, yeah. Yeah, like, Vasquez Gl- took it to Glad physically. Yeah. So Multiple times. Kudos, kudos, him. kudos for him for not retaliating, but also still hanging in there and fighting. So that was really cool. Yeah. There you go. And one other thing at halftime we can talk about is this roster is set up so weird. And this is probably in effect. We have the DLH era, the dear leader, Deloy Hansen era. <laughs> and moving into the new uh, era where we didn't really, we made some decent signings, but we didn't make game changing, team changing, DP. DP signings. So maybe some of the people, you know, here and following the internets, you know, maybe the thought process is like they didn't want to invest a ton. They wanted to see what they had, right? They wanted to see what Pablo could do. They wanted to see what Elliot could do with a limited budget before they jumped in in the offseason as the new owners because they just took over like in February, right? Let's see what we've got and then make some decisions in the offseason. Hopefully that's the case because this well, team needs to be overhauled or... I hate to, I hate to keep going back to this because Dami missing is huge. It really is like him Demir, missing and not being replaced. 
Well, and yeah, and it's because he's injured, right? You don't replace someone that's injured. You're not like, well, cut, get out of here. They <laughs> didn't bring anybody <laughs> to even play how he plays. So, right? Or did they? Who? Cordova. Well, we brought in six guys in the last two transfers, right? But you you got to give time, and that's the hardest part. Is in MLS, you have to balance like raising your kids, <laughs> for lack of a better term, right, with putting you know the best foot forward. And I think Dallas is a good example of that. LA FC is just an embarrassment of riches, even though they still have really good young players, right? They still have that too. But Dallas did a lot of it from the ground up. And then they went and got a Paul Ariola to, you know, work with them. Anyway, I don't want to sing Dallas's praises. What I'm saying is RSL are set up if we get Dami back to if we add a DP style front man. It could be attacking. We don't, we don't have a single DP, right? No. Well, technically, we we do have we have two DP openings. I think Cordova might be a DP or, or is, Savas. Or is it Savas' contract because they had a buyout? It might be Savas, but they're not really. We have one DP, and the others I think can be bought down. Tam, Tam, or whatever. But we don't have your mechanisms for that. We have two DP openings. What up? The last thing I saw, but we don't have that big name, big. Uh, when investment. have we ever had a big name? Like, what do you, what do you, what, like, where, where, when has it been like, <gasps> well, you did know, you hear? Did you hear we signed Ronaldo? That's crazy, dude. RSL <laughs> has Bruno this guy. Bruno Fernandez is coming no with him, way, dude. Man. Yeah. Dude, we're making ripple back through the whole league, man. <laughs> no, well, RSL's never going to do that. We're not that type of a team. Like, look well, at Crystal Palace. To that point. To look, that point. Look at Crystal Palace. I agree. Who I, who owns Crystal Palace? Uh, Same guy. Blitzer. Blitzer. What? Blitzer. What what amazing talent do they have on Crystal Palace? They they do. They have some. What's his name? Uh, Anybody? Benteke. But ben no, oh, wait, he's in DC. There. Oh, he's not there anymore. <laughs> Weird. What's the guy's okay. name? Saka. So, so, can, Saka? Can we start? Can we Here's start? the point, Brandon. Here's want, the point. I want no. I want you to know my point. <laughs> Here's the point. Here, okay, go you first. They have <laughs> then me. They have two positions <laughs> that they could have filled with a player that is a DP, not a superstar. Just a DP, a quality player, because there are quality players in this league that are DPs that they brought in that aren't superstars that have huge impacts. They made the choice or they were unable to do that in this transfer window. That's the point. Correct. In uh, past, who would be our DP? However. <laughs> so tell me, who would be a good DP? Or who was our DPs in the past? Saborio. Who else? Well, he was the best one. But who else? I don't. I can't remember. How, how well have those don't bring DPs facts into these how, how conversations? How well have DPs done for us? Because I remember there's this guy that we paid like a million dollars for. Oh yeah, and then he didn't You're work well with the team. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. we, when he came back, he, he was he was out for the entire season, but still on the team. And then we finally sold him. Well, so I'm not advocating to bring in superstars so like that. It'd be nice. My thought process is right. What do you think, Brenna? Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Tyler. I would love to. You're such a good friend. So, what do we do? We have a transfer window. We get three guys, right? Diego Luna. Who else did we get? No, Luna didn't technically come in the transfer window because we signed him from another USA team. So So that's why it didn't quite count. But um, so we got Ojeda, Oviedo, 
On oh, those three. No, I was and talking moose. about the before that. Oh, and Bef- Moose. Okay, before that, we got... Oh, we brought in Saba. Saverino, Saba, Julio. Julio, and... and wasn't Luna part of it at the same time, pretty much? Well, he was just after, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... so attacking talent. Attacking talent, right? So those two are our DPs. Somehow they're going to switch it. They're going to make it a DP, no matter what. It's just how it is. And then now we add in three more guys. Ojeda is a very quality guy, but he's only on loan. So we're not going to pay for him later unless he's going to be something amazing, right? Which he's great, but he's not working really well with our team. Not not in that last game. No. Oviedo, he's getting old. He's a true left back. Are we using him for his actual position? No, and that makes me mad. Because we are I, not. You know I, why? I would, I would start Oviedo over Brody. Yeah. At left back. You know why? And then figure out a way to get Brody in the team. Do you know why? Game. Why? Because it's the curse of the Real Salt Lake team. Oh. <laughs> and that is, we don't like change. Oh. At all. At all. We don't. We will not change. We will not. New owners will do whatever they can. However, we will not be a, whoa, did you see their new DP? They got this guy. It's going to be. Gareth Bell's not going to sign for us? Well, no, not even close. No. <laughs> my okay. thing is, my thing is. We have a tendency to either get a super young guy that we will not use. Okay. We will get a super young guy. It happens every single time. Like since Freddie Adu. Like we will not get a new uh, young guy. We'll only give him like 15 minutes every other game. And then we will hire some dude that is like out of his prime so we can get him at a good price. And we'll use him for about two years before we trade him again. And so it's like we do not build strength. We are a quick fix team for the most part, excluding a few players. You know what I mean? Like Kyle Beckerman and Javier Morales. Those are probably our two best players that we've had for a long stretch of time. But anyone else? So Justin Glad is the new Kyle Beckerman, right? We, he's, he's, he's the new Nat Borchers. Nat Borchers, perfect. So he's, he's with us for the long haul for the most part. Silva's almost out of out of it, right? Yeah, he's he's got, the Olave. He's the Olave, right? One hundred percent the Olave. His knees are going to go bad, and he's not going to be able to run back. Um, and then Saverino, we'll have him another year before we sell him for another old guy or you know a super young guy that we won't use very often, especially if we don't score goals. Absolutely. And then Julio, he's a great. What's his name again? What was the Anderson Julio? No, no, no. What was the guy that we used to have that had the same idea that had rocks for feet? Robbie Finley. Robbie Finley. First what did we Finley. do? What did we do with Robbie Finley? He went to Nottingham Forest. Oh, and then... what? What? In the championship. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Good luck to you, Julio. Good luck to you. I'm just saying we don't change. And we don't, I mean, we realistically do not change. And since we're such a low market team, small market team, not low, small. We are small-minded, and it's frustrating the crap out of me. Well, it, if you're comparing it to, say, Man United, who is like the world power No, no, of, no, no, no. Okay, we're so, going to bring people in, right? So here's the thing. Eric Ten Hag, does he have a plan? Sounds like it. Yes. Okay. Did he buy the most expensive players for his plan? No. Okay. He bought players that fit his system. System. Wait, he, what is this? Wait, what is he, this word? System. He Tell has a system. He has a plan. He has a style of play. Things that he wants done. He got an Ericsson. Do you know how much we paid for Ericsson? How much? Zero dollars. He was a free transfer. Did you know that? Do you know why? 
Why? Because he almost died on the field that one time. That's true. But Whoa. guess what? <laughs> he, he died and on his the field. Co- his contract expired. But yeah, he did die on the field. Paul Pogba, Edison Cavani. And then he left Brentford. He was a jerk. Yeah, he was. But <laughs> congratulations. He's well, working well. He's alive. He doesn't care. <laughs> so we have these high level players. And the only reason why we have them is a couple of them wanted to stay. Ronaldo wanted to stay, right? He, he doesn't even start. Ronaldo doesn't start. But with the previous management, because it was Ronaldo, they started him. They wanted whatever you want to do, Ronaldo, blah, 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 blah. And what, how, did that, how did that work for Manchester United? Just the same way it worked in the NBA when they tried to put the... The Nets how, together? The, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the exactly. Brooklyn Nets, right? So when we have a plan, we have a system, and we stick to it, things happen. It's yeah, great. When they let the coach coach... And the players don't coach, yeah, yeah. So this but is back to your point, uh, and we've been talking about this all year. What is RSL system? It's lost. It's defensive minded, and it's hopeful. So we Pablo loves the three five two. So he loves crowding the center and having his wings run up front and dishing and balls in, lob some crosses in. We haven't played the three five two a ton. No, no, but no, no. To it, your point, he, we played a four-four-two a ton, which does the same thing. No, so he played a four-four-two on paper, right? But then he had his back line do everything a three-five-two would do in the midfield. So he is doing a four-four-two to then try to play like a three-five-two because he's he still had Herrera move up. He didn't have Chang move up. I Brody mean, was in the box the whole game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, why is that dude in the box? They they only have two defenders really, and everybody else is attacking, and it still doesn't. Well, that's because make goals. So I don't know. I mean, it's because Brody's so tall and good in the air. Said with sarcasm. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> that's what those case, crosses were for. Yeah, the crosses were all for Brody in his five foot four frame. Yeah, as he was making a 45-degree angle attack into the box, and then once he sees the white line, he dishes it out. And why yeah. don't we get to the end line anymore? We don't like the end line. Uh, I know. Because then you got to use your outside foot. Yeah, you get to the end line and then pass it back into the box and create danger. We don't want to do that. Yeah. Well, so, and, anyway. And, and that's why we're bottom of the league in goal scored. Right? It's yeah. not chances created. If you look at the stats from the game, the, it should have been... I mean, if we're looking at, like, by chances created, it should have been 0. 0.6 is what Cincinnati should have been, and we should have been 1.6 based on the stats of the game. So we outplayed them. Like, make no mistake, we outplayed them. They scored more goals than us, which is how they measure the wins and losses, which is too bad. But And I'd argue we outplayed them. Yeah, we. you don't think we outplayed them? No, I, I honestly don't. Based on what? Based on watching the game. I watched the game too, and, and I I, I'm, I know we outplayed them. My concern is that they took their chances better than we did, and that's where it comes to quality. And well, like you they, say, well, there's they created only a couple ways chances to too. It's much easier to finish your chances when they are, you know, five feet from the goal. Yeah, but neither They're one of the their box. goals were five feet from the goal. Their their first goal was way They're out. We just box. didn't block him, and McMath blocked it into the goal. So right? let's, like, let's get to it's the a second blunder half, for sure. The the frustration is building. The tension is building. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. The season is coming to a close quickly, uh, more quickly than we uh, ever thought possible. Uh, 
But with two games left, we still control our own destiny, which is good. Barely. But let's get to the second half. (laughs) Only because we play the teams that are right next to us in the standings. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. So second half? More of the same. I I thought it was interesting (laughs) that uh, Loffelson got subbed out and Ojeda. Ojeda didn't have the... Uh, the best few minutes when he started, but I really I was surprised Ojeda wasn't starting, especially after the the Austin performance. Those guys came in and changed the game. We have never in that Austin game we were we looked dynamic in yeah. the second half when they made the change. You had Luna Ojeda, um, I think my Oviedo might even been in. Oviedo didn't even make didn't even get subbed in. Yeah, against Cincinnati. Yeah, he I thought he looked a little too slow at the end of the last game. Well, that's what I was saying. His pace what, was a little. Like he was gassed. They've talked about, you know, perhaps, you know, his his fitness isn't there. but And that's why we were able to pick him up, because we got Ojeda and Oviedo, because they weren't playing anywhere. Yeah. Um, but I do, I have a ton of hope for Ojeda. I think he has some talent. I think he's yeah. our next Kyle Beckerman. And next oh. year, he's going to look great if we can keep him. Oh, I was yeah. going to say, he looks just like Johnny Menendez. Like, yeah. He's so good. He's going to go to a different team. <laughs> yeah. No, he is good. So they, they made the change at halftime. Loffelson uh, came off. Ojeda came on. He's a good-looking kid. And I, to me, I didn't think the intensity ratcheted up at all. I didn't feel it in the stadium. Really? Yeah. Well, so I, I'm going to go to a play around the 61st minute, 60th minute. Uh, Severino gets behind, right? He gets pulled back, but instead of just going down, he plays with integrity and tries to keep going. Well, the defender then pushes him a little more, knocks the ball out of bounds, and the ref gives the throw-in to Cincinnati. So I think the ref missed on multiple calls right there in that whole setup. And then Severino kind of lost his mind, started yelling at the ref, arm pumping at him. Like, there's some intensity for you, right? I mean, he's bringing intensity on the field. He's like, I'm going to take a yellow for this. This is ridiculous. And it was ridiculous, and it should have been called a foul, and the dude should have been given a yellow. Well, that's because didn't um, didn't Cincinnati earn a foul previously to that that looked just like that? Yeah, but they didn't give it to Cincinnati, so it was him doing that. And we haven't even talked about Chris Penso, who is no Tory Penso, but uh, he I could see we. We like I said, we haven't even talked about him. We had the PK, the flop on oh, the oh, Vasquez. Brenner, right? We oh, it was Vasquez. It was Vasquez. 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 Yeah, yeah. Why didn't he get a yellow card? For he that? should have got it. I guess because it looked like he was he got spun around a little bit. But I would have given him a yellow. I'm, I'm he so barely s- got touched. He should have been given a yellow. I'm so done with this, this simulation. Um, oh, he touched my back. I'm gonna fall down. I'm glad Chris went to the monitor and and was like, oh yeah. I thought there Not was more choice, contact. Not by choice, it was the VAR. There. Right. Yeah. So good job, VAR. Yeah. We finally got a VAR call in our favor. Woo-hoo! We had multiple VARs go in our favor because they're yeah. in the second half. Um, watching the highlight on this on the the big screen, I, well, I thought we were kind of lucky on that second one. I don't know if you guys took a second look at the um, play with Silva. Well, I, came I still want to stick stick with Severino. We'll come back to that All one. Right. But that Severino play. Like, the ref needs to do better with that. Or we're going to get pushing and pulling it's gonna be chippy. and chippiness throughout the game. So, for me, that has to be a yellow. He was behind him, and he pulled him back. Just because he didn't fall over, 
you got to reward integrity. And when Severino tries to stay on his feet and play through it, and then the guy kicks it out of bounds, reward that. Go back and give that yellow card. That's okay. Even though it was two plays later, you can still do that as a referee. You can go back and call the foul and give that yellow card. That needs to happen. So for me, that that one that play got me all sorts of fired up. I couldn't sit down the rest of the game, and I wasn't even in the stadium. Is the is the mower gassed up, honey? Oh, couldn't start mowing the lawn. Is uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah. So that one really frustrated me, and then it just made it feel like they were going to push us around the rest of the game. When when was the? Uh, do you remember what minute that review was in for the second half attacking? It was just before that, wasn't it? It might. 50 I can't something remember. Minute. It was, yeah. but uh, regardless. The back. The chop back, and I thought uh, Silva clipped him yeah, a little but bit. He chopped back so far. My thought process was it was too far. Because that chop back, he stepped over and kicked it behind his foot. That's what a chop back is, if, for those of you listening at home. Uh, and Ruiz came across and cleared it pretty quick before he even fell all the way down. Like, where was the ball when the clip happened? And I think that's what he looked at on the monitor was – Okay, the clip did happen. He kind of touched his foot, but it was not a lot. And the ball was like five feet from Ruiz and rolling to him. Yeah, so that no that was that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I wish you know, like Dunny says every time. I wish we could hear what they're talking about. But so VAR did go our way several times. So yeah, that, that was interesting. So good job, and, VAR uh, ref. Who was it? Jose uh, it was Brown. Oh, Logan Brown? Brown. Logan Brown. VAR, right. Daniel Radford. Oh, sorry. Daniel Bradford. Radford. Oh, and Logan Brown is the AR? Yeah. Two? AR1. And, and Megan. And Megan. So, yeah. For me, that that part of the game gets frustrating. Um, but I, I like the VAR reviews. Obviously, they went in our favor. And even with that, we still couldn't pull it out. And that made it even more frustrating Watch it as a fan, right? You're like, come on, guys. Yeah, I think you can see in this game that maybe the RSL just did not have the belief. No. In, and then what you could feel in the stands, it got quieter and quieter and quieter. Although and they did. They got their second goal. And they got their second goal, which just is just a comedy of errors. Yeah. It was, and it goes back to what I was saying before about toe poking, you know? They tried to play that ball through. Brody toe pokes it away. Actually, if he would have just stepped over it, it probably would have just rolled to McMath. And that's where I think McMath, that's why McMath was out of the goal, right? Right. Otherwise, he would have been standing back on his line. Because he thinks he has to play the player that's getting the ball because he, he's, it's a backside of, was it Glad or Silva? Yeah. Brody. No, well, there Bro, was... Brody toe poked and he was on the outside. And then uh, Brenner was on the inside next to Glad Silva. or Silva. And then Glad was behind him because when he turned away from Silva, he shot it through Glad's legs. That's and right. McMath's legs. Yeah, but McMath thought he was, like, our guy wasn't going to get to it, so he had to come out and play it. And, and there was gets- nobody over there on the right, right? The ball comes in and Brody ricochets it into the middle of the box where you know everybody was. And that's why I think McMath, you see him kind of come out. He's just going to come pick it up because there's nobody over there. Yeah. And then he gets, then he gets stuck in. It's no a man's toe poke mentality, man. It, it, I don't love it on, on defense, and that's that's my harsh criticism of Brody, 
even though I love that kid. Uh, you know, he'd rather toe poke it than try to body up and, and take him on, which he's small. So I understand why. But that goal goes back to my point, too, is like RSL was pressuring. And I mean, it wasn't they weren't horrible. I mean, they were trying to score some goals. They were putting pressure on the goal in the second half. But everybody's forward. And then, boom, two, three passes later, Cincinnati is scoring because we are so uh, defensively unsound, I think, at the moment. Right, because well, if we they, keep they, if we keep asking so right much of our back line to send crap in, I mean Herrera did not have a very good game. No, he was off. You could see it. Like you know, he had a couple times where the ball bounced off him and went out bounds. Like, and he was trying to dribble around and it wasn't working. And like it was, it's like you're asking way too much of a back line. You should it should be like, hey, be a back line. Let let's let midfield and you know our forwards do something. Instead of it being Herrera, send it in to nobody. All right, Brody, dribble it up a few bits, dish it off to somebody so they can send it into nobody, and then we can go back to defense. Yeah, and so we give up the second goal. Our season is on the line. Cincinnati has never won east of the Mississippi. I don't know. I think they won in Minnesota or something. They've never won at altitude. They've never beaten anybody from the west in the west. And then we're like, okay, let's make a sub. Let's bring somebody in who's going to change this game and put it on its head and bring three points home for RSL. And we look over, and who's coming in the game? Number 12, Scott Caldwell. Dun, 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 dun. He'll land on a grenade for you. That's right, <laughs> Scott, Scott Caldwell. Scott Caldwell. Yep, he's going <laughs> to jump on that grenade for you. Yeah, so they send Caldwell in in the 78th minute. And, and pull out Ruiz. Well, that's because his mom was complaining that he didn't get enough time. <laughs> Is that how it works? <laughs> and then he waits uh, until the 82nd minute to send in Moose. Yeah. How do you expect this guy to do anything in eight minutes? Well, I mean, And to be fair, in the 65th minute, they subbed in Julio. For Luna and Miram for Chang. And it's an amazing thing when you put in Miram over Chang. It's oh amazing it's how how difference. much you, you can do on that side. Miram's, it's incredible. I, I know Chang got the got the goal, but I just don't get it. I just do not get it. I don't get why he plays so much. I do not get it. The the season oh. is on the line. Here's the other thing too. When is RSL's next game? It's like two weeks out. I mean, they're playing Atlas on Thursday, yeah. but you're not saving players for that game. No. You've got two weeks. Why wasn't Miram in the game? Why wasn't Ojeda in the October 1st is the this, next game. Yeah. These, this, was, this game and the D.C. United game, the two most important games. Home games. Home games. Of well, the year. The two most important games of the season, right? Yeah. At the end of the season. Uh-huh. Your, your last two home games. Well, there's one I more, mean, but the Portland. final game is, yeah. But RSL has no business being where they are in the standings right now. They have well, they eighth, out of the playoffs the first time all season. Yeah, they have no business being there after where they've been. And I've been the most negative te- uh, person. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But they have absolutely no business, especially with this run. But I think it comes down to how the lineup's built and who they have uh, trying to figure out how to put 
the players in the best positions. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. I mean, because I would have definitely gone for Beasler. I think <laughs> I think he, you know. Thank you. You're Thank welcome, you. man. That's a I think fair point. in the 78th minute we put in Beasler, and he's going to be there to kill the game. Yeah, our longest I mean, tenured player. I think that's what we did. That's, that's but what no, I'm we went with Scott Caldwell, and I, I just didn't see that coming. I, I was thinking more of an attacking player, someone that has scored goals for us. Yeah, and so with Caldwell going in, I think what the thought process is go back to a four in the back. Sure. I don't know. Well, he came in at center mid, so. Willing to push some players back, but I didn't get it either. I just didn't get it. Yeah, and neither did RSL. We didn't get the goal. <laughs> at yeah. least we, we, I felt like we should have earned a tie out of that, and it was so frustrating to see it. Well, we also had a couple of good chances towards time. the end of the game. I mean, the yeah. last chance was glad he sent that header just outside post, but it looked like he was trying to play somebody else to get that. Yeah, off uh, a uh, deflection. Silver or, or somebody was crashing the box, and it was yeah. Just yeah. And then also the McMath getting pelted in the eye because we he, the very Cause like, he doesn't know how to head the ball cro- like the last corner of the game he comes like, in dude, to save like, us he's, he's open. unmarked unmarked he's open they're not marking him but then he and it goes right to him and they're uh, like go ahead bro go ahead yeah. use, your, use your nose go ahead bro the ball, ball dips he didn't think he was actually going to get a header on it or something or he misjudged it and it hit him in the left eye and, and that's what it happens went towards when you goal, don't practice headers on a routine basis yeah so, you get smashed in the face with the ball. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, like, you know, when you're growing up as a kid and your parents are like, you better clean your room. And then you don't. And you're like, you're not going to play video games or anything until you clean your room. And you wait all day. And then you're like, oh, we're going to go. We're going to go see a movie. Your room better be clean or else you're not going. And then you have like five minutes to clean your room. And, you're and like, so ah! you're just throwing stuff everywhere. You're tucking it underneath your bed. You're putting, you know, all your dirty clothes underneath your blanket. Chaos. That's the way RSL plays. Chaotically. Yeah. That's a perfect analogy. No rhyme or reason. Yeah, it was. It felt devastating. Uh, yeah, it felt like you, a letdown. Like, you're just like, wow, man, come on. Yeah, like the team, I think the team has lost some belief in themselves, in the system, in the coach. There's just not a lot of bite. This team has not had a lot of bite for all of the stuff that Pablo likes to talk about. They get pushed around. Yeah. I think Pablo needs to take a step back and look at a larger picture. Because I think right now he's in the trenches when it comes to, you know, trying to figure things out, tactics and all that. And, like, I've been there. You know what I mean? Like, I've, like, coaching and stuff. Like, I've been I've been thinking, you know, oh, these kids are so talented. You know, this is great. This is blah, 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 blah. Why are we losing? Why are we losing? Why are the results not showing And then up? when you take a step back and you look at things outside of that, of, you know, being in there like, oh, he's so good blah 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 and you're like oh we need to do this you know we need to go this route blah 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 so i think we really need to check ourselves yeah i think it's really interesting too the way the 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 standings are sitting right now can we go with yeah. the standings uh, we good with that I mean, we beat that game okay to death. so standings right now rsl are in eighth place tied on points with la at 43 so like we're Galaxy. just outside and that's because goal differential well uh, that but also oh, wins, wins too yeah. la has 12 wins we have 11 so we are 11 11 and 10 so pretty much flat for the year mm. that is a middle of tier team right there yep results wise 11 11 and 10 
And all year, we've been so much better than that. And this is the lowest place we've been all season, eighth in the West. Rough. And I have a hard time seeing us getting any higher. We probably go in the other direction. Yeah, and LA uh, uh, Galaxy have uh, a game in hand, so they have not. They've they've thirty one games played. We have thirty two. They play next week, and they play next Saturday, and they play San Jose. Say, which always likes to beat them. Yeah, San Jose's been doing pretty well. Yeah, well, they're eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah. That and, can dr- that can drive some good quality soccer, <laughs> and and you would think that Seattle would be right behind us. However, they are not. They are thirty nine points, and with two games left, they would have to win both and have Vancouver, Salt Lake, and L.A. all lose their last two games. Not a very good couple games to get in games, and then they'd have to beat Minnesota on uh, wins. Fruit Snack was losing, uh, missing quite a bit. So that was Minnesota's exciting. also fallen down the table. They have. Not had a good run of form. Yeah, they it, had a great run in the middle, and now they're starting to fall off too. It would be nice to see Seattle not make the playoffs so they can say, they can't say, that, oh, we've never missed the playoffs. Right. Well, I guess you've missed the playoffs. And, and they so should do it we. with Freddie and with Rusnak. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did I did see uh, a, a cool tweet this week that I thought might have some weight, um, is we go get Garth back, oh. and we offer him a stake in the club. We say, dude, you get some ownership of this thing, and you come GM it up here again, and we Who's bring it back. Uh, Elliot Fall. Elliot Fall. Elliot Fall, who was an intern and worked his way up. Oh, nice. So a lot That's of a people nice story. don't. Yeah, it's a great story, but a lot of people think he's not qualified just because he worked himself up the ranks. Hmm. So, but yeah, so there's our standings: forty-three, forty-three. Now, if we win out, we would be on forty-nine points. And 49 points right now is fourth place. But yeah. that's assuming that and Nashville, who we play next is Portland, we play and Minnesota the Galaxy get away, points. and Portland at home. So we play the team in seventh and the team in fifth. <laughs> the team's just above us in the standings. And Portland has 11 wins. So if we beat them, then we would have the, the tiebreaker. But if they win and we win Galaxy, which again, we have to beat the Galaxy who are tied on points with us so everybody says six point games you know because three points either way right these are 12 point games whatever we if we don't win if we don't win this next game we're out of it well we could tie la and beat portland and then if portland loses their other game these are a lot of ifs yeah there's but too mean, many ifs realistically we if we don't win if we don't win the next two games we are out yeah i would think if we lose to la galaxy i think we're toast I think so too. Especially if if LA wins, uh, yeah, because then they'd be on forty six, and if they beat San Jose, they'd be on forty nine. So they'll be at forty six if they beat San Jose. They come in. We have to get th- we have to get three points to tie them. And we every time we've been in a position where we've had to get points, we don't. Yeah. Fireworks games, holidays. Mother's Day was the worst of all. What is up with us in holidays? Like, know. it's Mother's Day. Well, I think it goes back Win to one the for your mama. Yeah. team doesn't play well under pressure. Yeah. The, yeah. They they wilt under the pressure. So hopefully, since the pressure is ratcheted up this week, or next week, it's technically October 1st, um, when we play the Galaxy. So we got a little bit of time now between now and We'll then. see if Pablo gets this this team back on track. And fired up and ready to go and playing like the 
that their playoff lives depend on it because they do. But uh, if I were to guess, uh, right now, the funniest uh, scenario would be if Vancouver won out and LA didn't and Minnesota <laughs> lost and Vancouver made the playoffs with a minus 17 goal differential. That would be so funny. <laughs> I mean, that's where they're at right now. They'd have to at least get 1-0 wins. So. I'll be interested to see how they come out against LA away. They do play pretty well in Los Angeles um, against the Galaxy. They've had some in good the experience there. Yeah. But I don't have high hopes. I'll be honest. I'll be waiting to see if they do come out fired up with, uh, you know, a plan. Because, you know, Galaxy, just one going to have a plan. Just a just one plan? Uh, any plan will do now. I'll take any plan. <laughs> any plan will do. I mean, any plan in a storm. <laughs> so, oh. uh, very frustrating uh, so far. End of that game. Very frustrating end of the season looking like. Um, but we'll see. So let's move on. Uh, we Come on, Crawley update. Boy, talking about being frustrated. They go. They're pretty frustrated too. Yeah, they're they're very much in a similar situation. New owners, new roster, trying to figure out how to play. They go into Crew Alexander, and play relatively well. They uh, but they did give up. Um, all my teams give up uh, just Soft ridiculous goals. goals. <laughs> I mean, the one goal they give up looked uh. almost exactly like was even worse than the RSL giving up the goal. They're pressing forward, a couple of passes. That oh, it's just embarrassing. Uh, one pass splits the two defenders one on one with the keeper, and it's like no chance. But it was a gift after um, we were pressing, trying to get a goal. Hmm. But you'd think uh, they would have done better because they had uh, 57% possession, 519 passes, eight shots, but only two on goal compared to the 16 shots and six on goal for a crew. Um, the pressure starting to ratchet up there, as well. Are they, do they ever play with the black jerseys, or was that they just... were playing with the black jerseys? Ooh, that's cool. They are very nice jerseys, and they're when they play with their white jerseys, they wear black shorts. <gasps> what? Yeah, I was gonna. Cool. I should have tweeted you that because Whoa. it is very nice. They do have their their kit game. It, kit stuff is on game. Mm, sweet. Wicked. Our kid game is on par this season. On par. They just need to figure out. It's on par. It's to... not on birdie. It's on par. <laughs> they do need to figure out. I think it's a out. double bogey, to be honest. <laughs> they do need Cincinnati to figure out how to score. Triple bogey. The complaint is that you know their new coach Kevin Bessie is trying to play more Premier League passing oh. uh, type play, and it's just not working out. They're just not finding that goal in the final third. Reminds me of this story about this team from Wrexham. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're still in the National League, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So anything for the come on Man U? We talked about Man U and br- the fabulous Bruno Fernandes. The Bruno Fernandes. Um, Casemiro's being surprised. He's doing really well. Um, uh, what was it? Sancho and Rashford are um, possibly being called up for the England team. Um, and, yeah, just some good stuff happening. They're well, not... Ma? Go yeah. ahead. I thought you were done. Oh, I'm done. Yeah. I'm just going to say, before we get into the come on Arsenal, who's in first place still, right, Tyler? Uh, Crawley does have a player getting called up for the U20, U19 English team, James Balagizi. 
Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So. Uh, oh. He, he is a player that I would fit well as a central defensive mid for RSL. But he's he's only 19. He just turned 19 today or yesterday. Speaking of that, um, Man U's Mason Greenwood is still on bail um, for all those charges that he's doing. Um, so poor kid, poor kid. I mean, you know, you make bad decisions ugh. and oh, you get bad repercussions. Darn it. Still shoot darn paid. it. Heck. Yeah. Shoot darn it. Heck is yeah. right. He but made there was, some bad choices. There, was, but, there, there was some stuff going around on um, Instagram that he was back in the, um, starting the 25 or whatever. Really? But realistically he has to be shown because he's still a part of the team. He's not off oh, the team right. legally. He's still on the team because it's not uh, for what sure. What did he do? Um, he's like uh, rape and abuse charges yeah. against his girlfriend. His girlfriend like recorded him. Well, she, there's like pictures her. of her with like a bloody nose and there's some like audio. Yeah. She leaked some audio or somebody did. Yeah. Somebody something. leaked some audio. Yeah. It does not look good. No, no that's too bad. And it's like stuff like that is so scummy. It's just like, no. Yeah. yeah but waste of a talent. That. 19 years old was making, he's still making $75,000 a week because man use legally still has to pay him that. But Nike's dropped him. All of his endorsements are dropped. And he would have. He was gonna. You know, he oh, was boy. incredible. Like yeah. he's he's probably on par with like the Holland and all those guys that are super young, but strong, young, big. T- yeah, just yeah. gifted over the ball, but not gifted in the brain apparently. Nope. Anyway, Arsenal sits top of the league with uh, eighteen points, despite the loss to Man United. They bounced back and thumped Man United. They thumped Brentwood at the weekend. The bees had to go Brentford? take their hive and go home. Brentford. Brent, what you I said, said Brentwood. Brentwood for Brentwoodfordton. <laughs> <laughs> That's how all English towns sound anyway, right? Brent, Brentford looks Brent terrible. Yeah. Anyway. Except for Tony. Tony looks good. Tony, Tony, Tony. When he has a hat trick. Did you know he's being called up to the England team as well? He should be. He's, yeah. he's a player. Super cool. Yeah. Um, can I do my grandma gears? Yes, please. Okay. Other than basic white girls that love this sound. Oh, my ice is melted. Um, what really grinds my gears is the fact that they keep calling these games as sold out. And like, there's like 10,000 fans with like a 25,000 seat capacity. Like what, what is, why, why are we considering this a sold out crowd? Crylock's Corner. Because they they sold all the tickets. They Just sold all the tickets. Who? who are they selling them to? That That's part of the why is the Krylock's Corner. Krylock promised to buy all those tickets in that one corner. And so everybody else has to sit in the non-Krylock corner. And then he gives those tickets away to underprivileged kids. Which is cool. Well, I'm not talking about one section. Well, I think they've but done... it might look like we're overinflating our numbers. Yeah. Well, they've done tons of promotions and... However, they're doing it. Uh, it it is interesting. It's a nice thing to to point out. Um, but if they have sold them all, that's fantastic. If they're just, but Same. people just aren't showing them. And and Utah fans are notorious. I mean, if yeah, if you're winning, they're there. There's not a lot of yeah. And if the weather's <laughs> bad, they they might not show. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it all comes down to winning in Utah. Uh, if you're winning and have a good product, people I mean, are going to show up. But they're not the the diehard show up like a, create a podcast even when they're losing. Put yeah. on the jersey from the that year, wrap the other one around your head so you look like a crazy fan. Candles take, around take your flag, altar. Take a flag, take a flag, and flag, wave it in the stadium. It's a proud flag. It's a huge flag. 
It's your mom's flag. That was I a have, shout out to uh, Rocket Man oh. when he takes his boxers out to use the American flag. I do have a massive flag. I haven't taken it for a few years. I need to That's okay. take it again. People I know where say, you sit. The bigger the flag, the bigger the fan. <laughs> or bigger the fan, the bigger the flag, something like that. <laughs> Interesting. But yeah. So anyway, uh, we shall see. Hopefully we've got two weeks to decompress and to really... Get excited for that L.A. the first of the elimination round. And you know maybe maybe I got an idea here, guys. Maybe we come up with a plan for Pablo, and we submit it via podcast. Oh, okay, four three three. <laughs> That's the plan. Oviedo, Just the formation. Silva, Glad, Herrera. Then in the three we have Lafelson, Ruiz, and um, Ojeda. Ojeda. And then in the upper third, we have Julio, Cordoba, and Luna. Sava. Oh, not Sava? Not Sava. Huh? Said him. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And See, then, I would put Luna in over Ruiz. Or if Ojeda's in there, you can get rid of Luis. No. So my, th- my th- thing is Luna is a far better upper third player. Well, you put him. Not defensive-minded. Ruiz is going to be way more uh, center defensive mid. And that's what I want. I want center defensive mid to cover that very first center so that way Glad and Silva have some breathing room to cover all the runs. And then um, have Lafelsund and who else did I say? Brian. Oh, Ojeda. They cover up. They can play a little bit higher up because Lafelsund is going to be a tank. He's going to be able to make better runs. It's just tactically a little bit better. So I say 4-3-3, and then give Sava a break or Cordova a break. I just think Julio is better suited to start the game. And then I kind of want to see what a Once fresh... Once out. I kind of want to see what a fresh-legged Sava or Cordova would do. You know what I mean? Like, I think Julio is a great 90-minute guy. Yeah, I think Julio, he puts in tons of effort, too. I would have had Julio in for Chang. <laughs> yeah, because I think, to me that's an, an an easy one, but I I don't know why it doesn't play out that way throughout the season. I, yeah. You know, again, we're not at practice, but whatever. Practice? Oh, we're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, Luna is still not there. He he is getting no results. Either he's not getting its connection with his teammates or something. But we when you're the, the same- number ten. You need to connect the team. That's your job. Like, go ask Javier Morales. That's what you do when you're the 10. And we've really only had one or two of those in our history as a club. And that's a hard position to play, especially in today's world. Most teams don't play with a 10 like that, right? And I say 10 because mostly that's the shirt number they wear. But it's also the position on the field, which is kind of a withdrawn forward, like a center attacking mid. For those of you that don't know the numbers, you can go out there and look and how the U.S. defines the numbers. They put videos out there on the YouTube. It's beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> like, tactically, it's absolutely beautiful. Cause I like that midfield, Lafelson, Ruiz, and Ojeda. Yeah, but the thing is, is like if we pair off Lafelson with o- Oviedo, right, because he's a little more out of out of gas so now we have our tank that can you know backpedal really far julio can also so we have a very quick left side with the assistance from oviedo and then we have our higher quality ojeda that can create some better chances for our better handling cordova and then we can have luna or sava 
in that center because we want Salva to have some space and we generally have him playing in the center anyways. And the Ruiz is going to be farther back. So he likes to hold the ball and dictate a little bit better. And then that's going to allow us to play a little bit more forward, right? So that's going to allow Herrera to move forward, this to move forward. And then um, Loffelson is going to be moving forward and backwards like this. Julio is going to be able to take runs this way. Or he's going to be able to make inside runs where Sava can then come over here like this. And then Cordova can go here. Or he can play center just like this. And now we have Luna and Sava coming in, in there. You're going to edit all this out anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> and then Ojeda. Oh, is that what it means when I put my head on the mic? Is it like, ah. Well, yeah, nobody's looking at this. I'm, I'm drawing on a piece of paper. Why would we keep this in the freaking podcast? But it's going in now. Do you know for what I'm saying? Sure. So now we, Ruiz loves to be able to dictate and go around the ball. So now he can play an entire star pattern right here. So this is this is where this is where I'm losing sleep at night because in my brain I'm like this is a fantastic formation. Like, yeah. Why are we not doing this? Because now it is complementing the speed of Lafelson, quality of Ojeda to quality of Cordova, speed of Julio and Lafelson together, Oviedo lack of speed but still quality. So now he's going to be able to be more beneficial because then Julio if Lafelson is gassed towards the end of the game, Julio can run back. And then we have Silva that is can be um if Oviedo is not fully back, Silva can then press to a counterattack, and then Oviedo can come back in and slide to help out Glad, who is probably going to shift over and play that center part. And then Herrera is always going to be moving forward. He never likes to move inside. So that's why I figured Ojeda, who is more comfortable with moving and zigzagging, is going to be better to transition over here. And then Cordova, who likes to play up at top. I just don't understand what the deal is. Who do you want to start at goalkeeper? What do you think? There? Um Who's Gomez? <laughs> like, who? He's been our bench buddy all year long. Never played a minute. Yeah. Still doesn't count towards our roster limit, which is funny. But what I'm saying, like, so, like, because McMath, right? So McMath is right here. He he's in the back behind he, everybody. Yeah. He has some sort of thing where he feels he has to press. He has to be involved somehow. You know what I mean? And I, I think especially when we're down, I think he's asked to be more of a sweeper keeper. Yeah, and I think yeah. that doesn't necessarily compliment him very well. But, I mean, it's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Like, And then it's also, defensively, it's perfectly sound. Because now, when we want to play high off of a, a set piece, we have three guys. So now we have a what total of seven guys back that we can do. And they fill into every single gap possible. And the engine is there. Because this stupid thing right here. Which I really think it's interesting that Moose has had almost no chances to. That's that's a thing that just has but that's what boggled I'm my mind. Moose is going to be great because he can be our sub for Cordova, right? Or it could be a sub for Julio if he gets gassed. And then Miram can be our sub for Lafelsin or Ojeda or even Ruiz. Do you know what I'm saying? So we have a quality there that we can put in. Or, I mean, Miram can even start before Ojeda. I just, I'd start him before Lafelsin. But anyway, so send us So how do we beat LA? Like that that's the thing right in front of us. We got to go to LA and beat LA. And they're good. I don't know if you guys know that. But they like RSL have had they have multiple weaknesses. games where they just give up a bunch of goals. And then all of a sudden they'll win 3-0 in 20 minutes. That's what they did in Colorado. They were up 3-0 after like 22 minutes. And they looked unstoppable, right? And Chicharito's doing his little head bobby dance thing. And he had a wonderful back heel. There was a nice that back was heel. Cool. 
It was cool. Julio but... almost pulled off the back heel in this game too. That yeah, was nice. that would have been cool. Um, I think uh, the the most important thing is is if RSL can get the first goal. Because I think if if LA gets the first goal, I think this team kind of crumbles. That's what I thought against Cincinnati too, and then we did it, and I was like, yeah, and then it all fell apart after. But still crumbled. Yeah. Anyway, what do you think's the key to the game, Brennan? Um, through uh, through balls, through I think. Balls. Um, I think we need to ground. Well, no, I mean even in the air is kind of cool, but I think realistically we need to condense in the midfield and we need to make runs. I mean, Loffelson's got speed. Ruiz has some good passing. Bring it. But yeah, overall, I think we need to be more through balls. You know, inside runs, getting around defenders. I think that's what our need are we need to be doing. Yeah, for me, I'm thinking defensively, so I'm thinking we got to Silva and Glad just have to lock down the back, and uh, I Especially think they'll bring on Chicharito, and then they'll bring on Djokovic or however you say that dude's name, and I think they're up for the for the battle. Puig. There. Yeah, Puig's out on the wing most of the time, but I think they, I think, think they, I think we're set up to handle them defensively as well. Uh, I, and I we think they'll to, abuse our midfield, and we'll that, be in that's we, what I'm worried about. We need to make sure our back line does not get any sort of yellow cards, because right. Chicharito is going to create a lot of that. He's going to. Oh yeah, there'll be a ton of gamesmanship <laughs> that'll just piss me off. Right. So I'll have to watch while mowing the lawn, which will be <laughs> a new. <laughs> So while we get ready for that, you have a couple of weeks before the L.A. game, which means you need to be working on trying to win a boombox. Exactly. How can I win said boombox, You can win said boombox by going to Twitter. If you don't follow us right now, go in. You follow us on Twitter. Retweet the RSL Random Fan. The RSL Random Fan tweet explaining how to win the boombox. It's really simple. If you follow us and retweet that, you get an entry. If you go to Facebook and you follow us there and share the tw- the uh, post there with your friends, that's an entry. And the same with Instagram. If you go to our post uh, about the giveaway and comment and you follow us, that's an entry there. You can have up to three entries to win a very nice little portable boombox. It's going to have RSL all over it. Boom. And you can just go and represent all over. You can go to the beach. Really? Yeah, the Great Salt Lake. You yeah. can go up to the mountains. You can go you to, can the take it to the lake. While we have it, while we have the Great Salt Lake, you can get there. You take your boombox. <laughs> hurry. That's why you. That's why you need <laughs> to win this boombox so that you can get there with your boombox to the beach while we still available. You can even play your Motab off of it. Whatever, whatever. Uh, Anything you want to keep cold, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, do all those. Follow us. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Remember that the RSL Random Fan Podcast is the podcast. For Real Salt Lake fans of every age and level of knowledge and experience. And I will say goodnight. Even though it's day. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, whenever you're reading this. or not reading. Hopefully it's at night. Because <laughs> Brad always says goodnight. Yeah, what, what is what? my tagline? Stay what are, classy, Chicago. <laughs> uh, see you later. Bye.